0: This is what's fun about like not playing Xbox or anything anymore. It's just like, I have zero vested interest whatsoever. <laughs> it's fun to just watch everyone fight over it. And I'm just over here like, oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> but let me ask you, when was it that you actually
1: like stopped altogether like, playing video games like that?
0: Probably not too long before uh, I got the YouTube channel going. So I'd say maybe... I think black ops two is 2012 and that's like really the end for me for like that, that, that in my head is kind of like where I stopped a lot of just Hmm. gaming in general. So I started the YouTube channel in 2014. So probably around there I would say, and it's not like I did that on purpose. It just kind of happened, you know, people ebb and flow out of different interests. So I think, I think I just got over it. I'm just, you know, I'm like, yeah, this was fun you know, cool. Yeah, here we are.
1: (laughs) So what actually prompted you to become a content creator for YouTube? I mean, what actually bring, give you that idea? It's like, let me just be a YouTuber.
0: I mean, I told you a little bit earlier that I always thought it'd be fun to make YouTube videos, like whether it was Halo or Call of Duty or whatever. I actually aspired to that. I just didn't really have the the resources to do it at Mm. the time, nor the time. I was also in school. So, I mean, I guess I could have done it, but, you know, Whatever. I, I was obviously playing Yu-Gi-Oh too, and so it's funny. I stopped playing Yu-Gi-Oh, and then that's when like COD Four and Halo kind of like entered my life simultaneously. So it's like I played Yu-Gi-Oh and then stopped, and then played all these video games and then stopped, and then I'm back to Yu-Gi-Oh. So that's like a really weird like pattern that I just identified. Yes, yeah, so I played Yu-Gi all the way up until around you know COD Four, Halo three days, and then quit because of Dark Arm Dragon, and then. <laughs> I always had this friend like keep me in the game and I would always watch like the the tournaments that would go on, like the world championships would always Mm. be streamed. So that was cool, even though it was like potato quality. I would always like, even when ban lists and stuff would come out, I'd always like be like, oh, this is cool. But I didn't really like know any of the cards. I'm just like, if it was something that I knew, I'd be like, oh, that's funny. But if it was a new card, I had no idea what any of them did. So just like randomly, this friend of mine from high school just decided to like buy me a. like a like a Exodia Deep Draw Blue Eyes deck just to like troll people with at locals. And so that was funny. Like I'd already, I'd sold off my collection and everything at this point prior to this, and, which now I'm regretting deeply. Now that, you know, if you've seen the card prices. Yeah. But in any case, I, I kept a few things, but most of it's gone. Friend got me back into it and I started playing it. And so I'm just like trolling people at locals with this deck. And I'm like, okay, like this is fun. I'm like, you got me back in, I'm hooked. So <laughs> that's why I always say you never really quit Yu-Gi-Oh, you just take long breaks. That's how I feel about it. It's just something that's always going to be a part of you, I feel, cuz the emotional connection it draws and like makes with you. I don't know what it is. It's like a vampire. So then basically what happened was at some point I wanted to just reimmerse myself with the game and get back into it and just start, you know, educating myself on everything I'd missed over the years. And I go to YouTube, of course, cuz I'm, you know, a very avid YouTube watcher at this point. I was looking and there wasn't really a lot of content that I was looking for at the time. You know, it, It's funny because I, <laughs> I always make Robbie laugh with this story, but Emco Forty, he's one of the granddaddies of Yu-Gi-Oh! YouTube. And I'd watch his stuff and I'm like, man, Robbie's videos are very interesting, but he's like very boring to listen to. And so I <laughs> thought to myself, I'm like, I feel like I could do this but have like a bit more energy and personality to it and make the yeah. information a little bit more easy to digest for the average watcher. Cause right. Robbie comes from a competitive background. He sometimes speaks in a very high level way. That's a bit hard to understand if you're like an average player. Yeah. And so I'm like, like my background in my uh, degree is in communication studies and like public speaking and the oh. like. So I thought, okay, so I can apply this to, you know, this game that I really like and, you know, let's see what happens. You know, that's, Basically it, and here I am now. <laughs> <laughs> That's very cool,
1: man. Um, some similarities that we had, because it i'm it's true what you say about Yu-Gi-Oh! is like a fucking vampire. It sucks you right back. Once you decide to quit, all right, I'm done. All of a sudden, hey, I'm back again. Cause I actually started when if I look in the history of Yu-Gi-Oh that you and MBT are doing, I started playing Yu-Gi-Oh when the starter deck came. The sure. uh, blue eyes and the dark magician, you know. I got the blue eyes, and my brother got the dark magician, you know. And then from then we just like I think at that time I think it was like Veronica Guardian,
0: we, sure, we, yeah. We,
1: which ones was was it the fourth one?
0: That or, was the fourth set, yeah. It was L O B M R D M R L then P S V. Yeah, yeah, so that one. Set. So uh,
1: that that's when I like okay, that's when I start playing competitively and start buying a bots of them and why not? Yeah, and. And yeah, that's that's where I come out, and then I I quit after, ancient guardians. By the time there was like the ancient gear
0: archetype, that's where I quit. Oh, so lost millennium,
1: yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then I came back again like um by the synchro era, bl- black wings.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so when Blackwing, you know it's funny i i'm actually i'm actually kind of sad i didn't get to play during the blackwing era because like now with progression series and actually playing this everyone's like ragging on me playing black <laughs> i literally have never touched a blackwing card in my life until the progression series so excuse me for not knowing what every Blackwing interaction is, as I've never touched the deck before, Bro, but as I've played the deck like for the last several episodes, I'm like this. Aside from the fact that you know it's good, I'm just like this deck's just a lot of fun. It's so cool.
1: Not Blackwing at uh, that time when I play it, it was so oppressive. It was like one of the biggest oh, meta archetypes at that time. You know, it's because again, I think it's what is that era when you can actually. You know, special summon a black wing. You can special summon another black wing. You can synchro it, and then you can special another one, and and it just becomes that whole Kaloop idea that you're doing a gauge. Poor gauge, man. <laughs> I feel it's bad. also
0: just so affordable too. Like I feel like it. And that was another. That get, yeah, right, it was like that was such a budget-friendly archetype that you know anyone who wanted to try to get good at the game you could realistically probably, buy, I don't know the prices of the cards back then, but they're commons and rares for the most part. So aside yeah. from like Armor Master and Armed Wing, I don't feel like, or I guess like the high level Synchros, then yeah. I don't feel like the deck is that expensive at all. And you could just give it to anyone and they could just actually have a good time with it, I feel.
1: Yeah, that's pretty much what it was. And then I guess that's when I came back when I met you. That's when I actually came back again because after that, oh, Okay. I forgot what Etsy was. I never touched (laughs) Etsy's. I never touched pendulum.
0: I never touched links. Never touching pendulums is a good thing. Don't worry.
1: (laughs) And I saw how the mechanics of pendulum is like, I'm never going to learn how to play this. So I'm going to leave that alone. I must stick with Etsy's and Synchros and Fusions and Links, you know, like...
0: Xyz and Links, I think, are actually, like, good additions to the game. Like, there's this concept in game design that's, like, escalating complexity and, like, having too much complexity in the game. And I feel like Yu-Gi-Oh! is the embodiment of this, where they just keep adding stuff, and it just makes it harder and harder for people to learn, especially if they're new. But at the same time, it's... They've been good changes. There's Mm -hmm. been broken things about them. Don't get me wrong. But I feel like, overall... Take Pendulum out of it. I actually yeah. think like Synchro, Link, and Xyz have actually been generally net positive things for the game, I would say. I agree
1: so too. Um, A few more questions before we wrap this up, man. Because sure. I actually want to give ask some of the nitty-gritty technical stuff because... Obviously, you were known to be as a Yu right? But obviously, a Yu Gi is just a, per- a person that plays Yu Gi Oh! A- and as a YouTuber, you know? Sure. Like, what is it that, how do you actually You manage to do this whole YouTube content creator from the earliest stages and got to where you are? Like, how's
0: that history came into fruition? So, as I said before, I just, Started making random videos and they're awful. I still have them on my channel, so the anyone Super can go Saiyan watch ones? them. Uh, yeah, the Super Saiyan ones when mm-hmm. my hair was like a troll doll. I, I keep those there on purpose mm. just to basically show where I started and to show that like anyone can do it. I guess I f- I guess like it feels weird to delete them because it's sort of like erasing my past to a degree, uh, even though I look like a complete ghoul, but. It's it's just fascinating seeing how like people who've been watching me since the beginning, they've basically seen me grow up the last 7 years. And that's kind of creepy, but at the same time it shows that how much time and effort I've put into this yeah. where it's not just I made a couple videos and got lucky. It's like I've dedicated a significant portion of my life to building what I've built and that's how I turned it into my career essentially. In terms of like how it actually unfolded primarily was I think what really got me to start making videos when I did, it either was the the catalyst or it just happened to be good timing. I forget which. Mm. But there was a tuber back in the day known as uh, Underworld6667. I don't think he makes content anymore. He hosted this sort of American Idol contest called The Next Great Yugi Tuber. And it was basically where his subscribers could like vote on people who he did this like sort of like bracket style challenge thing where you would like vote on people to move on to the next round. And each creator would have to like make a certain style of content. And then by the end of it, there'd be like a winner, essentially. And so I thought I'd throw my hat into the ring, even though I had no following whatsoever. And uh, he let me in, which is cool. I had like six subscribers at this point or something like that. And uh, that video is still up somewhere on his channel. I'm pretty sure of my entry. He just liked my energy. So that's why he let me in. And I think I made it all the way to like the quarterfinals of this whole thing. I think there was like 32 people and I made it to like the top eight. And I think that's when I got knocked out but it allowed me to gain some early traction because I think I got somewhere in the neighborhood of like a couple thousand subscribers relatively quickly. Mm -hmm. So I skipped that initial hurdle that a lot of people suffer, but I actually executed on doing it, right? Like some people might see that and they might think, yeah, that'd be cool to do and then don't do it, right? But I thought, I'm like, okay, if I'm going to do this, like I got to take an opportunity when I see it. And so I threw my hat into the ring and I managed to be successful with it. And so that's like what kickstarted the channel, I would say. It wasn't like, you know, anywhere near what it is now, but from a small channel perspective, that was like definitely very good to just kind of get the ball rolling. Then at that point, I just started, you know, continuing to make content. I wasn't being super consistent with it because I was also in uh, school at the same time. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to just upload when I could, really. It was more of just a hobby. And then. I thought it'd be a really fun idea to do something that hadn't been done before, where it, clearly that's a trend now when you see the rest of my content, because a lot of it's stuff that hasn't been done before. Right. But I had this concept of making like a big... It was actually during March Madness for basketball. I was a big basketball person too back in the day. And I'm like, well, what if we just get a bunch of all the Yu-Gi-Oh! content creators and they all just play each other in like a big like March Madness sort of tournament? Right. And then, because I've seen people comment on videos before of like asking for that and no one ever did it. Every once in a while, you might see a collab of people doing it, but it never happened too often. And so I just started sending emails blindly uh, to people and like, Hey, I'm doing this. Do you want to be in? And like Nim Nim, like Gage, like he was yeah. one of the people when I had like 2000 subs and he had like 15 or 20,000 at the time. Uh, he was like a hundred percent down with it. He's like, yeah, sure. I'll do this. It sounds like fun. Uh, and then Galactic God was another one. He was in it. He was obviously like he's the granddaddy of all granddaddies. Uh, he was all for it. He actually helped make thumbnails for it, which was cool because uh, I just like didn't know how to make thumbnails at the time, uh, so I had him to help me. Uh, I got a couple other big people. It was a lot of small tubers who don't even make content anymore. But at that point, I was just I was being very aspirational and just trying to make it work, and I did, and it came together, and it was cool. Because it worked for two reasons: one, it was interesting and people hadn't really seen it before, and two, it was good because like the metadata of having all the different uh, content creators having their names in the titles of my videos, I was popping up alongside like their names, so people mm. were able to discover me even though I wasn't um, actually like they weren't searching me directly. I was just popping up alongside it. So uh, I obviously don't. I knew. I know that now, and back then I didn't realize that that's why it was also good. So that actually got me a lot of traction and attention because people thought it was just a really cool idea. I actually commentated all the matches myself, I believe. <laughs> I don't think I actually had other people. I think I had a couple people help me every once in a while, but I think I just commentated all the matches myself. And that's like kind of what really started to get the snowball going. I got like a decent amount of subscribers from that. And then it became like an annual tradition where I always continued to do it. Right. I, I really just decided to just I'm like thinking I'm like wow I'm actually seeing like a bit of traction here this is really cool so then I decided to take it more seriously rather than it just being a hobby and while I grad after I graduated college and I got my first like job my actual job I was doing YouTube and working my job at the same time so I worked like a swing shift from like 12 to 9 in an office so I would wake up make videos edit videos upload videos and then eat lunch and then go to work and then come home at like 10 o'clock and then just crash because I was exhausted and basically I just did that every day essentially I think I was only uploading three days a week back then because I think I would like film one day and then edit the next and basically keep that rhythm so that way I didn't get burnt out but I did that for a long time I was uploading like three videos a week for like a probably a year. I would say. And then uh, eventually I quit my other job and decided to pursue this full time. It was a calculated risk. And I'm like, all right, let's see what we can do. And here we are. <laughs> that's, that's that's basically good. the story.
1: Yeah, man. That's actually pretty good. That and let me circle back to the part when you were starting like doing that commentary. Did that commentary aspect led you to these commentary on PvG tournaments
0: and whatnot? Yeah, kind of. I always enjoy talking about Yu-Gi-Oh! Obviously, since that's all I do for my job, basically. I really enjoy just, I've always enjoyed being a commentator where you're just like sitting back, but you're also analyzing at the same time, you know, with basketball, same thing. I I always thought it would be fun to do that. And so that's kind of why I've just always done like commentary roles for things. And that's kind of just ended up turning into the PPG thing by extension So, yeah, it was fun, you know, I got to go all around the country, meet a bunch of really cool people, and I got to watch some absolutely ridiculous Yu-Gi-Oh! unfold. (laughs) So it was, you know, it was worth it, you know.
1: So let me ask you this, where did the whole creative process got you to where you are right now? Because... Let me tell you, you have an amazing ideas with when it comes to content, and you throw it out there, and it uh, apparently it sticks because some of the stuff that you've done up to now in your YouTube channel, you basically grandfather a a service content in which other YouTubers start to like. Let me try this as well. Let me try this. Let me try this. Yeah. Like I A, for example, the whole um the whole bandless roulette thing, that was actually <laughs> pretty dope. Like it's very creative. Yeah, the history of Yu Gi Oh, the progression series. Like there's so many fins that I have noticed that from your channel, that other channels I feel like they did like a kind of a copy idea and let me paste it and change the words a little bit and then it's that, you know, not to, and yeah. not trying to throw shade on other YouTubers, but I feel like you're definitely one of the first to have come up with these of crazy ideas to some other, the, some of these other YouTubers so is like, let me take some of that. So what actually went through to all this type of stuff? Like what actually got you to like, let's just do this. Let's just do that. Let's see how, how it works
0: and all that. I think it's a combination of things. First off, I really just loved game shows when mm. I was little. I always loved the theatrics of them, and so that's kind of the ideation process for where Banlist Roulette came from. Where I thought, you know, it'd be really funny. We also always joke that Konami like has no idea what they're doing with the Banlist. Which, spoiler let's be honest, alert. That's, yeah, spoiler, right? <laughs> uh, so. I thought it'd be funny to kind of just play on that and just take like a really hyperbolic, satirical approach to it. Initially, uh, it was actually supposed to be a dartboard, not a wheel, but I didn't want to like fuck up my wall. (laughs) So that's why I'm like, okay, maybe I shouldn't do a dartboard because like I didn't want to use like plastic darts. That's lame. I wanted like the metal ones that are like dangerous. And, but I didn't want a okay. bunch of holes in my wall. So I was like, okay, well, what's like the next best? Because I was going to have like different cards on the dartboard and yeah. just try to hit them with the darts. And I thought that'd be fun. Uh, so I'm like, ah, I can't do that. So I'm like, okay, a wheel, a wheel is fun. A wheel is very entertaining because people love wheels. It's random. It's like, you know, it makes you want to like keep watching because you don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I also live in Las Vegas. So like, you know, gambling roulette hey. is like, it's just like, Living, I don't like gamble, but just living in Las Vegas, you just kind of like see these things all the time. So maybe it was just salient at the time when I came up <laughs> with it. And so I just thought, all right, screw it. So I went on Amazon and found some wheel uh, to buy and uh, it, it, it got here. And I'm like, this is the best idea I've ever had. This is so stupid. So, and then I did it and people loved it, you know, just because it, it's funny. It's like making fun of something that we all know. And uh, I think people just like can appreciate it. And it, it's just like fun. It's not like serious. But the other arm of this is that when I have some of these ideas, I just try them. You know, I don't have any expectation that they're going to do well. I just mm. do my best with it. And then if it takes off, then cool, I just make more of it. But if not, there's been plenty of stuff I've tried that probably hasn't worked if you look back through the library of videos I've mm. done. But it's fine because had I never tried it, we'd never know if it would have been successful or not. Right. I didn't expect the Yu-Gi-Oh progression series was going to be this popular. I thought it was a cool idea. And then it just like blew up and everyone's like, oh, this is like the coolest thing ever. Uh, But like that, I I put a decent amount of thought into these ideas. I actually have like a notepad where I kind of just like write stuff down and Mm -hmm. it may not be like fully fledged yet, but I just have it on the side. And then like, maybe it's like missing something. And then like all of a sudden I'll be working and I'm like, wait a minute. And then I go to the notepad and I like kind of put it all together I, that's kind of how the progression series came to be. Uh, History of Yu-Gi-Oh! Kind of the same way. I just really I, I felt like there wasn't really like a good historical delivery mechanism for like teaching people about like older Yu-Gi-Oh! formats or cards, for that matter. Yeah. And I thought there'd be like a fun way that we could do that. You can read articles online, but that's like, or maybe find deck lists on Pojo. Like that's about it, really. And like that's okay, but I thought there's something that we could do there, and I think it's cool because newer players who never played back then actually got to see how the game used to be, and older players who used to play back then are like, oh man, this is a nostalgia trip. So it kind of like hits on yep. all angles. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so it's like it, it's it's a combination of just coming up with just like stupid ideas all the time, and just even if I don't execute on them right away, I just write them down. And then executing on them when I feel that they're ready and I like have it all kind of like prepared to like be some sort of cohesive idea. And then just like having fun with it. Like, I mean, those series are all just like really fun and stupid to be honest. Like, yeah, obviously they're like insightful and everything, but like, we're just like, you see, you see us playing in those, we're, we're just like laughing our asses off the whole time because of how stupid, just speaking of which, wait till you see the next episode of one of them coming up. Oh. Cause Oh my God. Yeah. It's, it's a banger. That's for sure. But it's just trying. I think so many right. people are just afraid to just like, see what happens. You like, mm. you don't know. You don't know, like you could have some brilliant idea, but you never actually do it. And so you could think in your head, oh, it's never gonna work. Well, if you don't actually put it out there, you're never gonna know for sure. So just like execute on it and see what happens. I agree
1: with you, man. And I think that's one of the problems that many of these people have. I think it's that knowing fear that like, what if this never helped? I mean, what if this never works, you know? I think that's why many of these people like are lacking a little bit or getting hold back and so sort of, and when somebody, I tell you, it's a domino effect, when s- someone figures out something, everybody wants to do that. Because, I, like I told you, as soon as you did progression series, as soon as you did a history of Yu-Gi-Oh!, other people wanted to do the same. Like, I'm not trying to bash on teen Sam. T- Sam is actually pretty funny. I, am, I find him hilarious. But I'm yeah. pretty sure that if it wasn't for you and your progression series and the history of Yu-Gi-Oh, he would have never had that thing with Farfa, the wheel of Yu-Gi-Oh, which is actually pretty decent. But it you can tell it was like the idea came from you. The
0: OG wheel is my idea. Yeah, exactly, actually. you know. But that's another thing, too. Like other people are so worried about copying other people's ideas or making it seem mm. like, oh, you're just like straight ripping off this other person. It's like you can take a concept and make it like your own unique concept that's like a take on it and make Mm -hmm. it your own unique thing. A lot of the best ideas that exist in the world are because someone took two good ideas and made them into a great idea. And so that's a lot of what the creative process is at times is just like finding the... the progression series is honestly like a video series I watched from a different game, but I just like made it about Yu-Gi-Oh essentially. That's like honestly where it came. I just took that and Yu-Gi-Oh and just made it a thing. So... And I'm like, because like I'm like, I love this. This is cool. So like I'll try it out and see if it works. I, I think people are too afraid of like that sort of backlash mm-hmm. from people. But it's funny, though, how relative that is, because you'll hear people complain about things like that. But then take, for instance, like a ban list reaction, right? There are 500 ban list reactions every time we get a new ban list. Mm -hmm. You don't see people complaining like, oh, SEMO did a ban list. Why are you doing a ban? Oh, Team Sam did a ban. You don't see people complain then. And we're literally all making the exact same video. Yeah. But if you steal like other, I guess, arguably, you could say no one owns a ban list reaction. But the ban list reaction came from somewhere. I don't know where. But someone started it. So cl- you could make the argument that we're all stealing from that first person who did it. But then, like, I made the ban list song, which I keep forgetting to put in those videos because I can't find the file. Uh, you know, it's like you can do your own things to make it unique and add your own flair. And that's why people watch 10 different banlist reactions. It's because they like the personality. It's not really about the banlist. They just want to hear what that person has to say and watch their stupid reactions to whatever it is that's happening.
1: I could agree with you with that, man, because uh, believe it or not, that it's not just about Yu-Gi-Oh! It's everything in general, because let me tell you, Steve Jobs? What did did he do? He got a phone. He got an MP3. And what do you got? The iPod the iPod, and then yep. later on, the iPhone. Yep. That's two different idea concepts, and he made it into one. That's like yep. the perfect example as to, like, you know, it's okay to rip off as long as you make it, the cre- the creation out of it, like, makes it unique from you. Like, you can tell, like, oh, yeah, this came from him, you know? Because right. it, the same thing happens with, believe it or not, you see this a lot in music. Music. Oh, you, absolutely. Like, yeah, they're well known into this, like the most famous hip hop artists you can tell. They like, sample like half their songs are sampled from other songs. From old jazz music, you know, yeah. from all then, them, like everything is sampled. Nobody notices because the song is dope. But then if you actually delve and dive, they came from somewhere. I mean, had yep. to. I mean, even Kanye West is known to, to do that stuff. Like he all he needs is that little Clip, put some bloop into it, put some effects, yep. and pff, you gotta be rock. You gotta
0: me- rock music is just the evolution of twelve bar blues, so it's yeah. like, yeah. I mean, you, you, yeah, you're you're hitting on something really important here. It's 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 the evolution and the adaptation of mm-hmm. where you take it, not just blatantly copy. And that's the thing too. Like people, the problem is if you just blatantly copy something and don't try to make it your own unique thing then that's when you're going to fail because then you are literally just copying the person and it's not going to work. But if you add your own flair, if you add your own personality to it and you find a different way to make it unique, then that's what's going to set you apart. And you might be able to make it better than the original. And then that could be something from a content creator perspective that makes you, that could be like your breaking point, right? Like That could be where you all of a sudden become popular because it's like, oh, you're like that guy, except you do a way better job at it. Like, That happens all the time.
1: I totally agree with you, man. You know, and sometimes, like I said, people are just like afraid of the backlash. So they don't try this. But then I don't think they got the same level of creativity that enables them to push forward and then say, like, let's fucking go for it. You know,
0: I think it's the fear. More than anything else okay. i think people are naturally pretty creative but i think more what kills creativity is people's fear of rejection mm. and fear of hostility from people who are just random keyboard warriors cool. and so i think people genuinely have really good ideas because like when i talk to people when i go meet them all across the country all across the world uh not even just the country I, I like I'll talk to these people and sometimes they'll have like really great ideas. I'm like that's really cool. And then you know, it's just you know whether it's a content creation thing or like a, an actual concept. They just never really execute on it because they're just afraid of like what people are going to say about it or if it's going to be seen in negative light or whatever it is. That's it's understandable I get it, but I think if you want to be successful in this space, you just need to have really thick skin. I grew mm-hmm. up in Modern Warfare 2 lobbies, yeah. so like, I'm basically yeah. impervious to everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Rage. maybe it's just, yeah, so maybe it's just uh, from the time that we came in that it's like everyone's going to say, like, I'm not letting other people dictate my happiness at the end of the day. I, I agree. Yep. fucking love what I do yes. every single day and i have so much fun making content and you know sometimes there's like a lull and there's not really much going on and sometimes you know there's too much stuff to make that i just don't even know what to do with myself but in either case i have full authority over the type of content mm. that i'm making and at the end of the day it's my channel if you don't like it don't watch there's nothing wrong with that there's plenty of other creators who you may like right. and if you like their content that's fantastic i think what people tend to really not focus on is that there's enough content for everyone and it's just about having your voice. And if you want to be part of the conversation, you can inject yourself in the conversation now better than you ever were able to before with YouTube, with Twitter, with Insta- with all these different social media platforms. It's free for one. And yeah. two, it's just you being you and just expressing what it is that you're interested in. I think if people just stopped caring about the negative and people stopped caring about what other people are going to say about it and just let themselves be who they are, then that could mean that they could actually are able to create content and also possibly even be successful in making that content as well.
1: Very well said, man. I love that, man, because it needs to be said, and needs to be heard because not many people are very pushing for it. And it's because of that little... You know, fear that you say of the fear of the unknown that, you know, I might get back, especially in nowadays, like you got to be careful what you say now, because, you know, you never know when somebody just comes out of left field and say like, oh, cancel you, cancel you.
0: Here's what I say to that. Okay, if someone's ever in a place, if you're listening to this right now, if you're ever in a place where you're questioning doing something. What are you doing right now that mm. you have to lose? Is your life just perfect that you're endangering losing everything if you just decide to go for it? Whatever it is that you're thinking about, just do it. It couldn't be that much worse than where you currently are in life. Obviously, there's like some exceptions to that, I guess. But you, A, you don't know until you do it. Right. And B, if it doesn't work, Then you're right back where you were when you started. So you're just in the same place, except you actually moved forward and possibly made something happen, rather than just like keeping your head down and towing the line, essentially. So, so let me ask
1: you this. Let me ask you this. If somebody's ready to to do a contact to be a content creator in YouTube, you know, and YouTube is now is being known as a very large space with a lot lot of competitions, so what would you say to that person? What is the first things that that person should start or do
0: to start this content? To start making content. Like it's literally that fucking simple. Like most people are just like getting in their head that like, Oh, I need to know Photoshop to make thumbnails. Mm. Oh, I need to have like a $10,000 camera and like an mm. $8,000 mic. No, no, you don't need any of that crap. My first video was filmed on an iPhone five and I looked like a hundred and thirty pound ghoul that just came out of like the like the atomic testing facility after drinking <laughs> nuclear waste. It's like you don't need any of that. Just right. start making the damn content. <laughs> Most people don't even start, so they don't even know where they're going to end up. Like, Stop focusing on like all these other things. You can figure it out. I, my first videos don't have thumbnails. My first videos sound like crap. My first videos look like crap. You figure it out as you go. Mm-hmm. But if you don't actually make the content, then it doesn't get you there. Now, in retrospect, would I have preferred to have better audio, have better visuals, have all that figured out? Yes. But had I never started and if I just got fixated and saying, okay, I'm going to work for a month and spend my paycheck to buy a camera and a microphone and then do it, by the time that month rolls around, you might just be like, it's not worth it. And then you never do it. And then you're never going to know. It's like, just just do it. Just so many people just get fixated fucking do it. Yes.
1: Yes. Shots fire. Let's go. That's how we get shit hyped out. Let's go. Now, tell me, before we wrap this up, because I got like four more questions and we can end this. You as a content creator, you love to do Yu-Gi-Oh content. I mean, you're known to be as a professional Yu-Gi-Tuber, right? Professional. (laughs) I'm giving you, I'm giving you the Bro, I'm giving you the title that you're a professional, okay? (laughs) Just roll with it, all right? Sure, sure. What do you love about Yu-Gi-Oh!
0: currently? And what do you hate about Yu-Gi-Oh! currently? That's an interesting question. I love that Yu-Gi-Oh! is still around Because with honestly with COVID, man, I don't know. I was getting concerned. I'm like, bro, like no tournaments. uh, Wow, talk to me. I was I was getting kind of nervous for a moment, and I don't have faith in Konami to really like you know be uh, searing the ship in the right direction. I still don't have faith in them, but they somehow managed to make remote duels work. Somehow uh, it, somehow it's not the same and it has its flaws, but at least it's something. So it's fine. Mm-hmm. I love how Yu-Gi-Oh! is still able to make me smile. Like they just announced recently that sushi archetype <laughs> and I haven't gotten more excited about a Yu-Gi-Oh! archetype than <laughs> in like the last like four years than when I saw the sushi arc. Cause it's like, it's so funny. It's only, Okay. I always say this too. Yu-Gi-Oh! is the card game that can do things that other card games can't. Like Magic the Gathering would never have a sushi archetype.
1: Ever. Mm -hmm. They would never do it.
0: They would have like, they would have like maybe sushi in a card or maybe like pay some sort of homage to it. But they would never literally have a fucking card that is just a rice, a a thing of rice that is a 2,000 ton thing of rice that you put a 2000 ton thing of roe on top of like that is such a Yu-Gi-Oh that's like <laughs> anime level Yu-Gi-Oh stuff and you hear me talking about this you might think I'm on like hallucinogenic drugs but that's what Yu-Gi-Oh is like Yu-Gi-Oh is bringing to life the things that other games like cannot do and so I think after God what are we on 20 20 ish years something like that like after Jeez. this long With Yu-Gi-Oh, the fact that it can still like make me that excited about something that dumb, like I love that. It's so, and then like like polar bears in mech suits in space. The bear Gundams.
1: I call it bear Gundams.
0: Again, only (laughs) something Yu-Gi-Oh could get away with. Like I'm sorry, like no other games go in there. But I I, I can I, I can make the argument
1: that Pokemon is a challenge. Because if you look at some of the Pokemon designs, there's a Pokemon that's literally made out of a trash bag. Fair.
0: And it falls
1: into a huge trash bag full of trash.
0: To be fair, it's like two things, though. Right? Like Mm. Yu-Gi-Oh has to have like multiple cards that like work together that have like dumb puns in them. And that's like how the game works. It's it's glorious. Uh, So, yeah, I'll 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 stick I'll stick with that for now. And then things I hate right now, again, like COVID, there's nothing we can do about it. It's terrible. I I think Konami could be doing way more right now to try to keep people... Honestly, I, I, I think if the YouTube scene for this game was not as dedicated as it is, I think the game would be in serious trouble because this isn't just me Uh, like tooting my own horn. This is without me. This is all the other content creators as well. We've helped keep this game afloat because without this, how many people would have just given up interest in this game and moved on to something else? If you look at like what Konami did the first six months of COVID when it came to Yu-Gi-Oh, they didn't do anything. Nothing happened. So for all, if it weren't for like YouTubers or anyone who does like Yu-Gi-Oh related content on the internet specifically, Yu-Gi-Oh would just like cease to be relevant anywhere. Because no one will be talking about it. Everyone would have just moved on to video games. We don't have a dedicated online platform, so you can't even play the game. You can't meet, You couldn't meet up with friends. I mean, you could, but you just have to do it like secretly, right? right. So I attribute a large majority of like, YouTube, or YouTube, Yu-Gi-Oh! staying afloat right now, right. simply due to the fact that like people, like all the other content creators, have helped keep people interested in it. Because otherwise there's so much other minutiae and noise surrounding the social media sphere that most people don't just have Yu-Gi-Oh! as an interest, right? They might like Xbox. They might like PS5, whatever. They they if Yu-Gi-Oh! like just pretty much would have been how it was post-COVID, like when it first happened, most people would have just been like, all right, well, what can I do now? I can go play video games, like what digital activities can I do, or like what things like that? You know? So it's I, I just think they could have done so much more to like keep people interested in the game. I think they should have had remote duels running up like the first month of COVID. I don't mm. know why it took them seven months or however long it took. It, it's just and again, like they're Japanese companies slow to action. I get that. But I, I just think there there's so many things they could be doing to help improve the betterment of their game overall. And they're just so stuck in the past. And they're yep. so stuck in the ways of the of what they think is correct mm. that I think it's just really holding them back from having this game be even better than it is. And it's unfortunate because there's nothing we can do about it unless people from the community start getting jobs at Konami and start like basically changing it from the inside. And even then, mm. it's probably going to get shut down from the top anyway. So it, it is what it is. You know, it's something I've just come to accept with the game, and it's you know. You, That's why I started making progression series in history because it's like, I just don't care. I'm like, it's like, they're not going to change. So I'm just going to make content that just makes people feel joy. Honestly, that's partially why progression series in history came to be right. I felt we were in a place that everyone was kind of just depressed. And I wanted people to kind of go back to a place where they could remember like those really happy moments with the game, especially if they played back in the day or alternatively, if you didn't play back then, it gave you something to look forward to every week. So that way it kind of got you out of the slump, right? And I get messages all the time. And I mean, all the time of people saying, I can't thank you enough for not even just those series, but other content as well. But those ones specifically, I get the most messages where they're like, I was like going through like severe depression or I had like this Mm -hmm. and that going on. And like, this was like the only like shining beacon of light in my life. And so, like, I just want to thank you. And it's like, I get those messages all the time for that. And it's just like super heartwarming. And that's like what keeps me going, right? Like, that's like the fuel for me is that as dumb as it sounds, me just having fun playing Yu Gi Oh! with other people just actually has an impact in people's lives, even though it seems so insignificant in the grand scheme of things. It actually is mattering. And so, I don't know. Maybe there's some sort of like twisted sense of like moral justice I feel to like make the content to a degree because it actually is like doing something on it's bigger than me you know not to sound cliche but that's that's kind of how it is
1: no and I do appreciate that man that I actually felt very reassured because you know that's that's again this is a company that I've seen so many fucked up shit before in the past like it doesn't surprise me when it does it out here in Yu-Gi-Oh! I, I guess many people are like so shocked and surprised when they do this sort of stuff. And they're like you say, stuck in the past. But it's not surprising for me because I'm I've been a Metal Gear Solid fan for many, many years. <laughs> yeah. You, a, you know how it feels. <laughs> I know how it feels. And they did my man Kojima dirty like big time man. Konami, man. Like, I don't know, like at this point, I'm still shocked that Konami doesn't have a f- Fucking online simulator game like Hearthstone. Like, that's still, that's still stupidly shocked for me because do you have any idea how much money, how much they could have capitalized that during this COVID time? Like, the COVID time was the perfect time to actually have an official Yu Gi Oh simulator that. If you want to play real tournaments with all your real cards and whatnot, you go through that simulation again. I don't know the kids I'm just throwing out there, but that would be like the thing that gets people like, oh, shit, I can't go to the locals. I can't go to regions. Oh, shit. There's this simulator. Let's go. That was the perfect time. And that's where, you know, people like the luxury, the L- LCS. Is that how they they say it? And others, they capitalized that moment, and you know, look how much money they're making. PPG started to do that too, you know, like and, and again,
0: like kudos off to to luxury in them too, because yeah. they basically have the they, they are the YCSs during this time. Like yeah. if the LCSs weren't going on, competitive Yu Gi Oh basically wouldn't exist. It's that that's competitive Yu Gi Oh at this point, and it's you know, it's 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 the again like they pretty much I, I don't. Obviously, I can't say where the game would be. Obviously, it could have been fine, Mm. but I definitely think it was a bit of a dangerous time for them being caught with their pants down like this. Yeah. So, you know, it is what it is. They're making something supposedly. They also have dual links, which, you know, they're perfectly content with, but whatever. Yeah, we don't even have to go down the dual links, right? I'm going to... That'll be another, like, 10 minutes. Look, you know,
1: I'll give you a short brief. Uh, it's thanks to Duel Links that I think that it got me back into Yu-Gi-Oh!, you know, when Duelist came in 2016, around right. there. And I didn't... I start buying cards from Duel Links, like, in real life, just to have that. And there were penny stocks, you know? But yeah, like, Duel Links... Uh, there's, it's, I can see where the idea came from. It came from Brains, definitely.
0: It's, the, the biggest thing is... Like, I understand it. And I understand that they're hesitant that if they create a digital platform, it's going to take away from the physical platform. It's not. You're literally yeah. going to be pulling the money lever twice because people, all your crazy cardboard crack addicts, are going to buy it again. Like, it's not, comp- it's not competing with yourself. And it's, I, I just, I cannot understand how they haven't done it. It's, it's mind blowing, but like yeah, it, what it's, this is why I just yeah. like, I don't even like bother yeah. like thinking about it because it's like, I A agree. I have zero control and B it's like, there's no point to complain cause we're not getting it. So I, I could have wished that that same concept they took on Duel Links they could have
1: done it on an online and everybody, they you yeah. know, and I feel like it would have been way more bigger than what it is now, but
0: oh hundred percent, not even close, but you know.
1: It is what it is. We'll see. Again, they're developing guess, something. Yeah, they say there this master duel that's coming in. We don't know what it is. I don't know when they're gonna announce it. It's just gonna be legacy of the duelist, you know, good 2021. Let's Lord. <laughs> Lord, Lord. Oh, not, let's not, let's not, let's not just let <laughs> knock on wood home. I'm just being optimistic at this point. Me too. So this is actually something very personal to you. We're gonna get down to this. What has been your greatest accomplishment up today?
0: Hmm. Just like broadly, yeah. Not broadly. even YouTube related. I mean,
1: it could be YouTube related, it could be in general, like anything, man.
0: So I have a I have a twofold answer to this. Okay. And it's partially ego, partially not ego. Mm-hmm. So I think it balances out. I never really in life felt as though going through school, going through life, I never really felt challenged doing things, it kind of just always felt like I was doing what I was supposed to do and just kind of jumping through the hoops and going through the motions. Mm. But when I got my silver play button for the 100k subs, that was like the first time in my life that I actually felt like I actually had to like work for it because it was just this similar to Yu-Gi-Oh! It's this giant puzzle that doesn't really have an answer. And you just, it's constantly changing and you have to figure out like how to make it work. That's just like, I don't know. I think like when I got the button in the mail, I just like, it kind of just hit home that I was like, wow, like I actually like had to like put in the work for this. And because uh, it was, I mean, it was a while. It was, it was like a few years leading up to that point of like just strict, diligent, dedicated work and grind. And you know, some people just don't do it or they don't care to. And that's fine. Obviously that's just what I perceive it as. But I think at the same time it's also the fact that I haven't lost touch with my like core values and my beliefs and everything and I, like who I am as a person, really. So like when, for example, like when I went up to uh, Toronto mm. to uh, play in the YCS Toronto for Philip, who uh, who has the uh, cerebral palsy, mm. and he was a, he was a patron of mine. That's how I first met him, and we would talk. On uh, on Skype all the time, different things like that. And I remember one time I just suggested to him, I'm just like, what if I come up to to Canada and like I like help you compete in a tournament? Because the only way for him to be able to play in a tournament is if someone actually helps him, and that's just like so impossible on top of it. And like trying to do it in a local card store because he has this gigantic wheelchair. It's just, like you yeah. can't. It's like so impractical. Right. Um, but like a YCS is like a convention center. So there's a lot more room. And so I remember like, I, I just said, like, I want to do this for you. And like, I, I, like, I'm just like out of my own pocket, like just everything like that. Uh, I made it a trip with my girlfriend too, just cause like she was, we just wanted to go to Canada at the same time. And so since we were going to Canada, we went early just to be able to like do some stuff prior to the YCS. Right. When the time finally came. We were there. Uh, he lived like an hour or two outside of like the actual like Toronto like metro area. So like his dad had to actually like drive him in, and it was it, I I did not know if this was even gonna fly. For the record, I I tried messaging Konami twice to ask them if this would be okay, and they never responded to me. Probably because they just have all my emails like blacklisted Black. at this point. So I I went in. I'm like, I have no idea how this is going to go. But we we went to register. Uh, we worked on this six Cyber Dragon deck for him to play, which is got his favorite archetype. I know oh, you like it
1: too. Yeah. Uh,
0: but it's, I'm like, if you're going to play in a tournament, like don't care about winning. Just play a deck you love and just have fun with it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we went, we got in line and we got up to register and I basically explained the situation. We got the head judge over. They like talked, like him and the other judges talked it over and he's like, yeah, like you're cool. Like as long as like he's making all the decisions and you're just like a sentient, like being basically, Yeah, ba- yeah. he's like, yeah, like that's fine. And so I'm like, we did it. I'm like, we fucking did it. Like, holy shit. It's crazy. So then, and then they gave him like an assigned seat and everything too. So that way people would come to him. He didn't have to move to right. around just because again, like being in a wheelchair, it's like, it's difficult to mm-hmm. just be able to navigate a convention center. And, and it was it, oh my God, it was so fun. It was so fun. So I'm just literally there. Like, I, I don't have any cards right out here right now, but I'm just like there, I'm just like holding the cards for him. And basically they're just like numbered like one to six or whatever. However, and he'll just say the number. And I'll just like know what to do with it based off the card, right? right? Um, so he'll just be like three and I'll just play three and then he'll be like he'll be like, okay, two, four, and then like they're like two back row basically. Right. So I'd set the back row. And oh my God, this was like one of the most fun experiences ever. It was just so great. And I don't think we won a single match. I think we oh. won a game. We won games. I don't think we won a match though. Okay. Um, and it was just so much fun doing that. It was a blast. And I would do it again in a heartbeat. It was so that, cool. And when and it was all said and done and everything, mm-hmm. uh, and he had to go, he we didn't stay the whole time. I think we only played for like four rounds, maybe not because like he was obviously not going to go anywhere, but just because I think his parents uh, like had to take him home by that point. So yeah, so like four, four or five rounds, I don't remember. Then we like packed it up and uh, said our goodbyes, and uh, and then he told me like as we were saying our goodbyes that this was like the most fun he's like ever had in his life. When I. Set out to do this. I didn't obviously like know this was going to happen, but part of what I've part of how I've always felt about doing this is I'm wanting to have people feel those experiences and experience Yu Gi Oh! in a way that I've always loved the game. Mm. And so, if that means even allowing someone who's physically incapable of actually like holding cards allowing them to compete in a tournament, like that is one of my most prized memories. And even if my channel went to shit tomorrow, even if everything I did up to this point just crashed and collapsed, I wouldn't care because it's moments like that and many others that don't go seen to the general public because I don't typically like to just make these... Things public because I feel like it kind of ruins the integrity of them. But it's those moments that I cherish so deeply. And just the fact that knowing if I can just brighten people's lives in even a small, from my perspective, insignificant way, Mm -hmm. it's to me that's made it all worth it. I'm so fortunate that I've been able to go to literally around the world at this point to meet people on all parts, whether it's France whether it's Austria whether it's Paris whether it's you know Washington state whether it's Florida whether it's New York I've met people all over the world and still plenty more to come once covid's you know finally under control yep where you know I just want to you know bring joy to people's lives that's something I've always done in my life Whether it's public or private. Mm. And it to me, allowing people to experience something like that is the ultimate feeling for me. So that's I, I would say that's probably been like the number one thing when it comes to YouTube.
1: I absolutely love that story, man. Thank you very much for sharing that story, man. And wow, that actually moved me a lot, man. Thank you for sharing it, bro. That that's sure. I guess like there's nothing I can say like You know, a bigger accomplishment, and when I ask this question to everybody, everybody, I'm surprised that everybody gives me a very heartfelt, uh, you know, achievement, you know, of sorts, you know. And it's amazing how you actually make that kid's dream come true, you know. Sure. You know, and and plenty others, and plenty Plenty others others that don't, plenty others that don't go seen. Trust me. I believe you, man. I'm gonna leave you with these last two man and we and we can leave this right here man um this one is more of a what are you currently doing obviously Yu Gi Yu-Gi-Oh con- content and whatnot but
0: it goes follow it follows up with what do you hope to accomplish it's funny because when i started this i didn't really aim to accomplish anything mm-hmm. i kind of just started it for fun and it was a blast and it was revitalizing my love for the game that I've had since the game came out and now I'm just really taking that to the nth degree especially after the success of like the progression series in the history of Yu-Gi-Oh right because it's something deeper than just Yu-Gi-Oh right it's tapping into people's like raw emotions for like why we really love this game mm. not just playing the cards and having those like Wah! moments you know yeah. like those are fun <laughs> but it's It's also, you know, the back and forth banter that we have with our friends, right? It's those moments that we each have with the game that never get seen and sometimes Mm get seen in my case because I, you know, record them, but we all have those types of memories. And so it's it's been funny because I've I've had these like shifting directions with like the vision for my channel. Like at one point I wanted to be like the super competitive, hyper ESPN of Yu-Gi-Oh!. And, you know, then it it shifted to like something else. And now it's just like, I, I'm just like, I'm out here having fun, man. Like if that, <laughs> that's, that's if I'm trying to accomplish anything, right. I'm trying to find the most fun, ridiculous, dumb fucking things I can do with this game and with YouTube to just make people laugh and just like, remember what it is that we love about this game. Like that's the place I've been in recently. Maybe COVID and being inside for a year and a half has just like forced me into that. But mm. I think it's been for the better. Because it's that's at the end of the day, like it's a game and like there's so many good things about it. And it's it it's 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 just so fun. It's so fun. And so I'm just I've got like five, this is an exclusive for you. I've got like five other series I'm planning right now simultaneously. And they should start coming out in like May, I think, if everything is aligning properly. So it's a bit ambitious. But they are like on the level of progression series in history in terms of like, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh playing a game, having some laughs, something you can just watch and just like forget about the world for 30 minutes, you know, just because it's like stupid. Right. And, you know, I'm not curing cancer. I'm not solving global warming. I'm not doing any of these actual like Earth changing things in the world. Mm-hmm. But I'm brightening people's lives by just giving them some time to be right. able to take a break from reality, maybe escape for a bit. Maybe your parents are fighting. Maybe your work sucks because you know we've all been there. Maybe school's just feeling overwhelming. Maybe you're at a point in your life where like you don't know what the hell you're gonna do. Right. You know, and you just want to just not think about all the external pressures of the world or maybe the internal pressure you putting on yourself. And you just want to enjoy some Yu-Gi-Oh, you know, like that's that's like my ambitions at this point. I'm just trying to make as many experiences like that as possible that can just make people laugh, like, in, like just indefinitely. And you know, I I could see myself doing this for another like 10, 20 years. Like, who knows? It would be kind of creepy if I'm like thirty-seven still playing this game. But I guess magic players do it, so I maybe. Mean, have uh, you seen <laughs> the D and D players? Yeah, it's true. That's true. They yeah. are dedicated. Yeah. But. I don't expect I'll be doing this forever, but I have some, you know, big plans to like continue to keep making just like fun stuff like excuse me, I've been making recently and we'll see where it goes. And at some point when I feel like it's time to move on, it's time to move on, but until then, I want to do that. I also want to just travel around more to be able to meet other people. I feel like almost indebted to all my viewers. Right. To a degree for you know providing me with where I'm at in my life. So I feel eternally grateful to them. And the very least I can do is just spend even an hour with them if I can, Mm. which is why every vacation I've gone on ever since doing YouTube, I take an hour to find a card shop somewhere and just basically throw it out. I'm like, hey, I'm here or I'll be here from this time to this time. Like I'll sign whatever, I'll take whatever pictures. Like, let's just have a good time. You know? And so that's how I go about it. Maybe it's a weird distorted perspective of it but it's it's how i feel
1: that's a perfect way to say it man i i couldn't you know like agree more with what you said man and i'm and i wish you nothing for the best for the future man thank you man the one last thing and we're wrapping this up right now so let's just pretend you know what i thought i was going to go with the aliens but you know what let me just go bring it down to earth with konami all right let's just say okay. let's just say that konami decides to like not kidnap you but tell you like you're gonna work for us for here and now we're gonna pay you a lot of money <laughs> or you're never gonna see the daylight after you want, after you get inside the buildings <laughs> but but they generously tell you here's a piece of paper right free advice that you will give to somebody what are those free
0: advice the advice that i would give to just like any to konami or to anyone no not, not no 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 we're not we're not giving
1: these advice to konami no 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 konami oh, okay konami is giving you a paper it's like here here's your here's a paper give free advice to somebody who wants to take the mantle or somebody who wants to do oh, something. Okay, okay
0: Okay, I was a little bit confused. They were the question, they were very,
1: they're being very generous with you, and they say you can you can give some advice to somebody, you know?
0: Right. I think the advice that I would give to someone is to not sell yourself short on what you're fully capable of realizing with your potential. I feel like I've met a lot of people. I've met a lot of people. If you've ever seen me at an event, I will like talk with the fans for like maybe several minutes sometimes before like I move on to the next person which is sometimes why the lines are so ridiculously long cuz like I can't <laughs> shut up but it's because I'm I'm like genuinely curious about people I'm really interested in these people that watch my content because it's like it's such a weird asymmetrical relationship because they know me and I don't know them, and so I feel like at the very least I can spend a few minutes to at least learn about them. You know, even if it's just like what deck they're playing, what their favorite cards are. You know, where they're. F- I always ask where people are from. I always find that so fascinating. So like sometimes at a tournament, someone will have driven like sixteen hours. I'm like, you're a goddamn lunatic, wow. but you know, you're here. So I, you know, that's awesome. That's dedication, right? And it's just cool because it—it's it, I, I care. It's like I just genuinely care about these people. And one of the the commonalities across, not all of them, but a lot of them, I feel like people just tend to sell themselves short. Not just like in a Yu Gi Oh space, but like just in general. Right. You can tell not necessarily by anything in particular that they say, but it's the way that they say it. Mm. It's the it's the tone of their voice, or the like, the self-deprecating way that they might say something. Mm. It's just I feel that people are not as they, they need to believe in themselves more. They yeah. need to believe that they actually have a voice and whatever it is that they're interested in. You know, not just Yu-Gi-Oh, not just YouTube, like whatever. Like you can, if you put your mind to it and you dedicate yourself to what it is you want to do. I have been uploading videos to YouTube every day for the last six years, essentially. And so when a lot of people say that they want to become YouTubers, or they might say like, oh, I can't do that. And then they'll start to say like how many videos they've made. It's like, there's the problem. You haven't done anything. You need to actually do it. It's not just going to happen overnight. That happens very rarely to people. Everyone, not everyone. um, What I meant to say was every once in a blue moon someone will win the lottery but they actually still had to buy the ticket so yep. clearly there was like some effort that was made there and so do it whatever it is just just do it i already like beat this to death earlier but just believe in yourself believe that you matter believe that you are someone who has something actually substantive to contribute to whatever it is that you're interested in passionate about you know something bigger than you something that's at your whatever just just Be you. Be the best you that you can. And just don't give a fuck about what other people say because their happiness has nothing to do with your happiness.
1: I 100% agree with everything, man. Persevere. Dedicate yourself. Push through. Be patient about it. Time will come to you. And just never give up, man. Never give up. Just If it's something that you love and you're passionate about it, go for it, man. Sky's the limit at that point, man. Just keep pushing. Just keep pushing, man. Well, man, we're going to wrap this up, man. Thank you very much for coming into the podcast, man. It was actually a great time talking with you, man.
0: Absolutely, buddy. Happy to do it.
1: Before we leave, um, two things I want to tell you. One, when can we expect some CMO Media?
0: (laughs) You're like the number one SEMO Media fan, I think.
1: I want to put that out that I'm the number one SEMO Media out there, okay? You can
0: it's- 100% that you can claim that title. That's yes. fine. SEMO uh, Media is on the back burner. I want to get all these other larger projects in place. Mm. I haven't forgotten about SEMO Media, but it's a, it's a multi-step process. Mm. I have a lot going on in the background and... Once everything is in place and once the time is right, I think I'm gonna bring CMO Media back. But for right now, it's just it's just in limbo. It hasn't I haven't given up on it. It's just I haven't dedicated the time to it because I'm not ready to do so yet.
1: You feel like you need a like a, a team or sorts to help you out for
0: that project in particular? Not necessarily that in particular. It's getting all of my regular stuff taking care of like if i'm going to be pursuing this route with multiple different series mm. i need to get editors in place and essentially mm. i'm trying to position it where i'm just able to make the content and then the editors know what to do with it right so once i have the free because right now i'm a one-man show i do yeah. everything myself
1: Amen, so right here.
0: once all the mechanisms are in place then i feel like i'll be able to treat that sort of how i treated when i first started the Yu-Gi-Oh channel nope. where it's not as like pressured. It's more just actually making it like the second passion project, essentially, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah.
1: Okay. So before we leave, um, plug yourself out Ask the followers, like where they can follow you, man. Well, we, we
0: started the episode with this. It's yeah. very easy to find me because <laughs> all you have to do is search CIM and eight consecutive letter O's after that on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, Twitch, but I never stream, but it's there anyway. (laughs) Uh, Just anywhere you'll find me. Uh, Even if you search like seven or six O's, I should still come up. But yep, anywhere there. And uh, we'll have a good time.
1: Awesome, man. Thank you very much, man. Thank you for coming into the show. And Thank you guys for listening. And remember, every week it's a brand new episode with a brand new topic. So be sure to like and subscribe for your weekly episodes at the Lone Wolf Podcast for SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and of course, the YouTube channel at the lonewolfpod.com. That's lonewolfpod.com. Do you know how many followers I need to have to get to have my actual name and in, in the title instead of that weird address name? How many? I don't know. I'm asking you.
0: Oh, you're actually asking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I think, I thought you just have to verify your account like with an email and then you can change your URL to whatever you want.
1: You two has some bullshit, man. I just need to market myself a little bit more so I could get a little bit like, give me my own URL.
0: YouTube. There's a way. I, I think if you're, Check it. I'll help you. There's a way to do it. (laughs) I had to do it with Simo Media. So,
1: because the only way I did it was like, all right, everybody go to lonewolfpod.com. That's where you're going to get the YouTube channel. And obviously, that's not the URL. That's just uh, a created URL that I did so that way it could direct there, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it works. I mean, it works, you know, just. hey hey guys if you want to go youtube channel lonewolfpod.com check it out so comment down below let me hear your thoughts share your experience if you guys got something or a next topic you guys uh, want us to cover please let us know follow me comment on me comment on simo let me know and you know thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you guys at the next one